Beers with Nigel. It's a show about beer and other things. Or stuff. And stuff, whatever you fucking want to say. There's we, we get our own show title wrong all the time. Yeah, we do. We got some special guests all the way from Pennsylvania. We got Dave Bracey and, and, and Ed Ed Bailey. Why yeah, from Fresh Fest. The uh, couple of homeboys I met last year, Fresh Fest in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're mad cool. They've got a great podcast um, called uh, The Drinking Partners. Part, really, part of the reason we're doing a podcast is because of you guys. Because I just discovered y'all podcast. I'm like, oh, that's the way to do it. Just be wilding out and shit. <laughs> nah, he, he he discovered our podcast. Like, I could do that shit. That's it. You know, you know, you know. It's it's, it's, it's kind of free form what you guys do. You know what I'm saying? It's not a free form. Let's start. Let's start with that. How did that come about? Because you, you guys have been doing it for a long time. Well, Day and I are both comedians, um, and we go to open mics. We used to go to open mics, and basically, Day and I would be in the cut, kind of just having conversations, joking around, because there wasn't a lot of black comedians. People would come listen. Uh, got approached by Epicast. Uh, was like, hey, Ed, you want to do a, a podcast? I'm like, I couldn't think of anybody better to do it with. We had already kind of been podcasting, just not recording it. So it was <laughs> it, there's not a real like backstory. It's like, here, try something. I'm like, all right, Dad, you want to try something? He's like, is drinking involved? I'm like, hell yeah. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have like a great story. It's just like we wanted to drink and Buzzy wanted to tape us. Yeah. That's yeah. What it was. Isn't isn't that the best though? The best things are those that that crap that you just fall right into. You you know, mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm the accidental entrepreneur, right? I never planned on doing it, but but it just happened. And now yeah. you guys six years, right? You guys have been doing this. Yeah, six uh, six yeah. years, man. That's yeah, six years. And I mean, we were like, you know, we were like looking for a way, you know, to try to like expand, right? Like, because as comedians, you know, most comedians they do more than just stand up. They typically like you know venture mm-hmm. into writing acting you know like all types of different shit so like nice shirt uh but uh you know so it was like you know like you know how do we expand um you know how we expand outside of just the stage um and you know like i said that's why the opportunity was so appealing for us because it was like you know the internet like the podcasting goes around the world right like i mean like you know we could reach up to whatever people are in that room at the time even if you're doing you know, a sold out 500 person crowd. One, you gotta like, you gotta hope that they're gonna remember your name at the end of the night. And then two, that's it. That's it. You had 500 people and then the word of mouth. Whereas, like, you know, you can go back to the shit that we were saying six years ago right now. I don't suggest that you do. Don't do um, it. Don't do it. I need two and a half. I gotta make a note to go back. Two and a half years. Go back two and a half years and it cuts off. That's about it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> is that when you hit your stride? Do you think it took it's you? A hard... Oh, go ahead. Well, do you think that's when you kind of hit your stride? Is that when when it settled in? Because I'd like, and I know this from from doing my own. It it takes a little bit to get that rapport down with each other and to kind of get your your style and your and your flow. Is that when you you think you hit your stride? That's a good question. I would say, I mean, the stride, so to speak kind of when we had a focus and, and decided to really invest our time and, and efforts into small beers and craft beer. I guess that's when the stride, when we get our stride, because our personalities, I mean, the, the show has always just been us kind of interacting, disagreeing on shit. That's the, and that's never going to change. Like our personalities and how they mesh 
is always going to be the same. It's just like focusing the content on something that people want to hear. I think that's where we kind of hit the stride where we got the focus on the craft beer and artistry and things like that. How did yeah, the craft I mean, beer crawl into that? How that how that so, went together? That's kind of unique comedy, craft beer, podcast, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, so, you know, we, most of our shows at the time were at bars, right? I mean, like, you know, most entertainment, if you look at like local, you know, like local scenes and whatnot, most entertainment is very much connected to, to alcohol. I mean, how many dry shows have you gone to? That's a, that's a family affair. And even then you hope they that's got some like low ABV shit. <laughs> I mean, like, or you bring a little, bring a little <laughs> like bottle in the tuck or something like that. Right. Like, I mean, like oh. entertainment. And, and smoking the and car beer. before. True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a little something to get you like, all right, we got to deal with this family thing for the next time. Right, yeah, I mean, so, you know, like, so, so comedy is not so far removed from alcohol. I, like, entertainment is a, is a removed from alcohol. And, like, you know, whenever we were doing the podcast, it was like, you know, we wanted, like, you know, we wanted to encapsulate, we wanted to capture that same conversation that he and I had been having kind of outside the bars. That people were listening to so he was like yo let's call a drinking partner and i'm like yeah that's easy. yeah boom easy right so we started it as like kind of a, a topic show like for the first two episodes we were just talking to each other and then we realized that we don't like each other enough to talk to each other for like a whole <laughs> you know I mean? just like two back and forth like that's a lot like it's you know after about a half hour it's like all right man you know what i mean so it was like so we made it a, a like an interview of a podcast and, you know, I mean, Radon was the first, you know what I mean, a uh, local rapper out here. Um, Shout out to my boy Radon. Yeah, he had brought Radon on or whatever. And, like, that was, like, ooh, it popped. It was like, okay, we like this format much better. So we went in with that. And then, um, you know, I was just kind of really starting to get into kind of craft beer. Ed was bringing the honey. So we would have that, like, back and forth. And then Full Pint was actually the first people to, like, sponsor an event that we did with Epicast um, oh. called Epicast. The cast presents. It was kind of our Christmas party, and Tom Poet, uh, who's the head of collaborations with the Fest this year, he came in and was like, you know, he was the first person to just like drop beer on us and was like, yo, see y'all doing some dope shit over here, you know, boom. And afterwards, at that party, we met um, Asa from Brew Gentlemen, who was another you know respected brewery out here in Pittsburgh, and he was like, yo, why don't you do this live at our spot? And I happened to just grow up in Braddock. So, like, having a Braddock brewery, you know, doing a live thing there for the first time was, like, just huge or whatever. And, like, once we plugged in with them, they was like, yo, uh, Grist House, Hitchhiker, all these folks out here would probably fucks with y'all. And that was the first time we had, had the understanding that, like, you know, there was this collaborative effort that happened in beer because, you know, you don't have that same collaborative effort, you know, between homes and, and, and you know, like, like Lowe's and, and Home Depot. And you also don't have that same collaborative effort all the time in the arts because a lot of times, you know, comedians or bands or, you know, like just artists in general will see other people doing similar things and see that as a, as a competition. And they're like, oh, man, they're trying to take my shine as opposed to being like, how can I collab with that person to make something even better? So, you know, I think that was like, that was really the, you know, for us kind of where the, the craft beer scene really started to come in heavy and have really like large, you know, like presence on the uh, on the on the podcast because we we were taking. A, I mean, not only were they, you know, giving us uh, you know a lot of support, uh, sponsoring the shows, um, you know, or whatever, but we were also learning a lot in that, you know, how to work with similar folks and applying those lessons to you know where we came from. Right, right. How how about the the whole 
the beer thing. Uh, we ask everybody who comes on. Uh, Ed, I'll start with you. What do you remember your first craft beer? We debate when the word craft came about. You know, I remember it used to be called premium beer. The shit with the, you know, with the oil <laughs> on it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe His age is showing. Yeah. Pinky up, showing off for the lady. Yeah, yeah. Happy hour with the with the suit. You know, took the tie, yeah. left the tie in the car, still got the jacket on. Really <laughs> Give me a Modelo. <laughs> My beer has foil on the bottle, so it's fancy. Yeah. Yeah. What's your recollection of your first craft, you think? So, first baby craft intro, I'll go back to Radon. That was my homeboy. Um, we used to go to a spot called Mad Mex and just get Oberons. Oberons mm-hmm. and Blue Moons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and, and, and what was crazy was he put the, he put the orange slice in, in, in both. Like, and I'm like, what the, f-? you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the hell? Like, you putting oranges in it? Like, what type of, but you tasting a I'm drinking a beer. Like, it's so, it's so palatable. Like, it don't, it's just like alcoholic water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's right. like, all right, we just gonna sit here and knock back six blue moons um, <laughs> and, and look at girls that ain't paying us no attention. Cause that's basically what two, <laughs> Two dudes at a happy hour. <laughs> we just looking at a bunch of women that don't want to talk to us. But it was the first time that I had beer that wasn't like a 40 ounce of bud. You know what I mean? Because I'm like everybody else, like me and my homeboys, when we didn't have real liquor money, everybody had a couple dollars to grab a 40 and turn right. it into a night. You drink your 40 and you try to go to the free spot and come up Literally with Literally a couple dollars. By well, two. yeah. <laughs> Two 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 thirty nine or two seventy nine, yeah, <laughs> and your man's asking you for your change so he could complete his forty ounce. Work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be mad as shit. Like you know, what? I was going to buy a black about with this shit, but man, go ahead, man. Oh, <laughs> we got to pool your money so everybody can drink. Everybody, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the early twenties, man. Is is the pool and the money to turn? You know, in the early twenties, when you're early twenties, you try to turn a night to a twenty dollar night. Like, right. That's a that's a fancy night. Like a twenty dollar night is a fancy night. You know what I'm saying? Like now you, we grown now. It's twenty dollars to valet and shit. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spent I spent twenty dollars down in uh, what was it South Beach. I was on that strip down there. I spent twenty dollars on some some honey flavored ice, bro. Like that shit was trash. <laughs> it was, and it was a little. It wasn't even like it wasn't like it was a, like a little like a little dip, like the eight ounce dip. It was full of ice, and it had a it had a brown hue to that bitch. Like all the honey was pushed to the sides of that shit. Like it was. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> They pay you. Part. You paying for the ambiance, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yo, and this was, and this was only, this was only like a couple of years ago. So, like, I was like, I thought I had hit, hit like adulthood, where like I was like, I could afford to buy a couple of drinks because you know how like it used to be. You would just bring in, you get one drink. You would pregame, you get one drink. You just sit with that motherfucker all night. Oh, it's like, a prop. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's oh, just yeah. sitting there like, oh yeah, you know I me. Mean? Like, so I had to go back to that shit. This was like three, four years. Ago, like, yeah, you know I me. Mean? Like I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm just. I had to go back to the like, and that shit, because it was only a little cup, so it did like it was like down to like the littlest cubes in that bitch, like sipping it. <laughs> Man, fuck. Dave, Dave, what was your first crab? You think? Uh, so it was um, so technically it was it was it was Sierra Nevada, right? So like okay. um, 
back in college, like I remember, like, and I didn't even know what it was. Like, it just was like, it was a beer that was in the cooler and it was higher than the, like, you know, the, the 25 cent drinks that I was drinking at the time and shit. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, anytime I had like a, you know, I had a good payday, I was like, yeah, I would come in with a little, you know what I mean? Be like, yo, let me get that, that weird beer back there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, and like, and it wasn't bad because it had like a, you know, it was like a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but it was just, you know, it was, it was a thing that I only had like one of. Like, and, and to be honest, my whole time I was in college, I might have had three of them motherfuckers the whole time because it was just yeah. like, like, I mean, because I mean, you know, like the motherfuckers was like, I don't know, maybe six bucks. You know, six bucks yeah. was Damn. my whole night yeah. in college. You know what I mean, like that was a whole, yeah. so, you know, I, I had a, I had a couple of those. Um, but it wasn't until it wasn't until afterwards that uh, it was it was Blue Moon. They had Dollar Nights and Blue Moon, and that was when you know they threw the orange slice in there, and it was just like it was like a like an upscale Corona. I was like, oh y'all over with the limes and shit. I'm over here with a whole ass orange slice, brother. Yeah, you know I mean, yo, like, yo, Blue Moon got a hell of a business model, yo. Blue Moon <laughs> is like the gate. It's the gateway to craft, yo. Oh, wait, like, wait, 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 I was, I was, mad I think that yeah, that's out. a great way to put it. Yeah, I was mad when I found out the fucking Coors made it. I was mad. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people yeah. were mad. But, you know, I still drank I'm it. I'm mad you just told me that. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so $6 I was, I was when never... I was in college was a suitcase of Keystone Light. Mm. $6, $6 was, was my half of, of a, a dime bag and some candy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a nick and a nick and some paper. <laughs> hey, since you guys are in another part of the country, I'm sure people in Kansas City have no clue about Pennsylvania beer and the beer scene. I, I mean, when I went last year, I, I thought it was pretty dope. Um, all the breweries and shit. What, what's what's y'all what's y'all's estimation of like the beer scene in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania as a whole? When you say estimation, I mean, I know for me, I can say this. Um, I think it's it's definitely a model for collaboration. So the way we got into it and the way I got into craft, again, like they were saying, was through collaboration. So watching how all these breweries collaborate, how they signal boost for each other, um, you know, but in order to do that, though, you got to feel good about the product, right? So I'm not going to send you to a brewery where I feel like they they have subpar products. So just just knowing that you know your neighbor your your competitor or your you know what i'm saying your cohort in the industry is is saying your name bigging you up sending people to you it kind of forces you to make sure your beer is on point make sure your shit is right you know make sure your atmosphere is together you know make sure you you're being creative and all of that so i i think it's uh, i mean i have limited experience but i can't see where a scene you know would just be far far greater you know what i mean like i think we got some great breweries out here great product great opportunity to do whatever you need to do you can find one in every neighborhood right um, everyone has their own different style everybody comes to support and they support local artists for real you know like they really support local artists because they understand like everybody's gonna drink they just need a reason to be somewhere you know right. what i'm saying like you're not gonna go to you're not always going to be like, I'm going to go to a brewery, but you might go somewhere. You might go see your mans do a show. You might go to a concert or something. Why not have my beer there? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, this, this smart out here. What about, yeah. you, what about you, Dave? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, you know, going out when you when you see some of the older scenes, the larger scenes like the Cali's, Colorado's, New York, you know what I mean, like, um, you know, though they don't they don't have they, they, they all started out with that same, you know, kind of sense of camaraderie and everybody kind of like, you know, playing the same sandlot and helping each other out. But as the scene grows and more people get into it and then especially business folk get into it, people who aren't into it. Mm-hmm for the actual like art for the beer or whatever you you start to get cutthroat it's the competition and and you're not able to be as friendly anymore um so you know i've 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 noticed that in larger and older scenes um and i think that that will eventually happen to pittsburgh if it you know continues to grow or whatever um but right now we're still we're still pretty new so yeah we, we definitely have a lot of camaraderie and on, honestly like i mean i would put our beers up to any scene in, in, in the country, like, you know, it's, it's really strong. Um, you know, there's like, there's, I think it was like 24 that opened up last year, yeah. um, around the area or whatever, like, you know, that's Western Pennsylvania. I mean, like, um, and you know, the, the competition is dope and like what they're, what they're able to do and what they're able to do, like, because the cost of living is so low, like so cheap here, they're able to do, they're able to experiment some, they're able to do, you know, a bit more than um, some of the other, you know, like, because in order to do something new and weird, you're taking a risk and that's risk costs money. I mean, like, so um, I think because we have such a low cost of living and because we have such a, like, you know, if you're from Pittsburgh, like there's this like, you know, ah, Pittsburgh rally around it type thing. Um, you know, if you're, if you're like a, if you're a sports or beer, if you're artists, you can go fuck yourself until you you make it elsewhere, and then you come back. But if you if you, you come if back, you, yeah, if you, uh-huh. until, you, until you fly over, they'd be like, "Hey, that's so so." Hey, until they book you at Pittsburgh, uh, the PGP PPG Arena. Then once they book you, True. you come there, you stay yeah, there all the time. But uh, but if you if you beer or if you if you play a sport, they're all behind it. Yeah, you know I mean, and like I said, it's a small enough it's a small enough city. That like you know it's not hard to to garner a lot of support here. Um, so you know I, I I appreciate our scene and I appreciate you know the beers that are coming out of it. Yeah, I, I went at Fresh Masters. The amount of beer I had from uh, from Pennsylvania <laughs> in general, I was like, man, they, I had no idea. I was blown away, dude. I was like, there's some good shit coming out of there. What are we well, talking numbers wise? Have- How many breweries are, do you have around that Pittsburgh area? Shit. I mean, is, is, is it upward of forty? Is it forty? Yeah, the Brewers Guild, like so, just in just in Pittsburgh, like Allegheny. So we consider Pittsburgh Allegheny County, right? And I think that that's just like most places. Like if you live in that county, you in that city. Right. Um, so you know, the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild has like something around like forty um, in Allegheny County, and that doesn't that doesn't count, you know, Western Pennsylvania, where that like you know has that kind of. I mean, so like like Fresh Fest, right? Last year, there were like 45 collaborations, 45, yeah. um, you know, like so n- not not counting the ones that came from outside of the state, you know, the Pittsburgh breweries, um, Pittsburgh included, you know, like Meadville. That's like up the road, a couple counties up Butler mm-hmm. County. That's a county up, um, you know, Westmoreland, that's a county down. So it was like, a, you know, an area type thing. Um, and then that's how Western Pennsylvania is, to be honest. Like so if you from Allegheny County, you from Pittsburgh, we ain't going to question it. 
But if you're from Butler County, you'd be like, I'm from Pittsburgh. We'd be like, but I mean, but where though? Like, is that really Pittsburgh? <laughs> what, 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 like, what, what bus you caught to school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandma stayed. We get to ask the question. Yeah, That's how like, I feel about, yeah, so, about the Kansas side of Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't like Kansas, Kansas side or St. Louis. Don't get well, it. Why would you like St. Louis? <laughs> Why would Nelly. anybody? Nelly, where, where, Nelly yeah. where do y'all start? <laughs> where do y'all start questioning? Where's Where's the line? Like where you, where motherfuckers be like, I'm from Kansas City. You would be like, ah. Yeah, so, so hold on. This is the thing, right? Um, there's Kansas City, Kansas, and there's Kansas City, Missouri. And right. a lot of times people say, we're going to Kansas. We're going to no. That's not Kansas City. That's the that's the that's Kansas City light. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So, so wait, which one is Kansas City? Kansas, like? Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the heart of the metro area, what is KC Metro, is, is in Missouri. That's in the Missouri. that's the central business district, and that's hey, where everything comes from. The sports teams history. play in Missouri. Look, a little history lesson. Kansas City, Kansas, what they, what they did, they they hustlers, right? They used to be called wine Dine back in the day, and they changed their name to Kansas City, Kansas to get some of that shine in Kansas City, Missouri. Wait. So those are two completely different cities? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a different state. I thought they was like on the border and they, they like they said, it was like they are. Name. There's a river. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a street across from each other. There's a street called State Line Road, one side of Missouri, one side of Kansas. <laughs> wow. And they and they did what well, they did used to be called Kansas. They just switched that shit over. It's like we yeah. we y'all now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not to be fair, both cities were were started by a bunch of hustlers. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't so, a pretty so they, history. So they dress like they from Detroit. Yeah. That's what it was. Everybody, everybody, everybody was on the run, went up to Detroit, started dressing like a lappy tap. The, okay, the monopolies in the beginning were the old meatpacking plants. <laughs> that was it. It was it was moving. It was moving meat. You can so, move anything. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got one gimmick on on this podcast. It's one simple gimmick. So Nick and gimmick so, is a strong word. Yeah, yeah. Gimmick, yeah. <laughs> you know he's relatively new to craft beer, so I'm I've been coaching him up. You know what I'm saying? So okay, he, he gets to drink a mystery beer. So I I I, I took a bag by his house. There's the there's uh, a, the bag of mystery. Yeah, the stole this from a golf course. This is a good ass mimic. This is a good ass gimmick. Hell yeah! Can you gimmick us? Shit! Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) There's no. So we don't reach it in. And then it's a mystery beer. Now you know I do it all. Double hides. So I still don't know what we're pulling out. Brown paper bag. Hold it up. Let's see that brown paper bag. That's old school. That's what the hustlers usually drink out of. I feel like it's gonna have a bowl on it. Yeah, except for it says sprouts. It's like the organic grocery store. That's a good, uh, that's a good idea. You, you, you drink it organic 40 ounces out there? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what this 40s. is. Look, that motherfucker got oh, labeled. Did you even There's, take the label off? Wow. That, this that is one, full mystery. That one was given to me by a brewery in Kansas City. And I was like, what the fuck is it? They're like, we don't know. So, <laughs> is this diametric? <laughs> oh, oh you, you a guinea pig, Nick. You <laughs> yes, now the other the other rule we have we have two rules on the show. One is if you if you're gonna burp, lean into the mic. The other one is if you open a can, you got to do it into the mic. All right, there okay. it is. Okay. That's good it. Those are the only two rules. Yeah. So he'll, you know, he'll taste pop. it and give his little tasting notes, and it's interesting to see this is motherfucker. This this is what the twelfth episode. Yeah, twelve episodes ago, he didn't like sours. Now he likes uh, 
I'm uh, drinking a sour uh, ale right sour, now. Man. The glass today is Alaskan Brewing. Yeah, it's a sour ale right now, alternate course by 11th hour. Where, Ooh, are they, are they in Pennsylvania, 11th hour? Where are they? Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. I got to get back out there to get the Black is Beautiful. I've been trying to get there and uh, fucking hitchhiker, but life is whack. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I did a couple I did a couple of them in a few different breweries out here. I'll make sure I get you guys some of it. But we yeah, are trying yeah, to collect as many of those as we yeah. can. Because I'm yeah, sorry, there's um, a bunch of them. But we did one. We did one with uh, molasses and blackberries. Ooh. And the one that hasn't come out yet is it's uh, cocoa nibs, coffee, um, vanilla, and uh, motherfucking um, toasted candied uh, pecans. <laughs> God damn! That's a yeah, that's, that's a, a stout stout. <laughs> yeah, stout stout. What do we so, got here? I, I'll make I'll make sure you guys get some of that. That's you just know, like 11 percent. Yeah, pro- probably probably. That eleven okay. that eleventh hour. They're gonna be um. They're so they're 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 pairing with um. They did a collab with Elmatic um for yeah, the festival. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, it's called a clock with no hands, and it's a uh, blackberry black currant sour. With like lactose and marshmallows, oh, and nice. uh, uh, they did that for the fest, and you could get it through Tavor, that Tavor uh, eight pack that's eight coming pack. out. Yeah, so, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, Tavor does not deliver to Missouri. Oh ooh, shit! Yeah, yeah. you don't got enough. But they deliver to Kansas. Them motherfuckers can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Take your ass across the state line. I'm on the state yeah, line. Yeah, it's 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 I struggle to do that normally, not during COVID world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's uh what's the beer scene like? Like, like we you know, we struggle over here. That's one of my missions in life is to get some more some more people of color in these chat rooms. What's it like in, in Pittsburgh? Still white. Is it Very white. we don't have a black owned brewery? We don't have a black owned brewery in Pittsburgh, and we still don't have a black owned brewery in PA that's open yet. So Harris family oh, okay. is uh, trying to They're get working. Up. Harris family working. Yeah. Yeah, Harris family's trying to get up. Uh, two locals out in Philly is trying to get up. But um, no, we still don't have a, a, a black brewery uh, here in Pittsburgh or or in the state that's open. Um, and it's crazy because of the less than 70 breweries in the country, like, you know, a lot of them are still contract brewing. Like, they don't even have mm-hmm. brick and mortars. Right. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. so like, you know, we, there's less than 1% like well representation, good one. Um, in this motherfucking industry, and it's a it's a hundred and nineteen billion dollar industry, right. one hundred and nineteen billion dollars, and we got less than one percent like ownership of that shit, man. Like it's it's a lot of room, a lot of room, and and the thing is, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of black folks that have the have the time, the capability, the resources, or whatever. It's just a matter of putting it on their plate as an option, right? Like yeah. and that's the thing yeah. about black people in general. About most of our opportunities is that like. You know, growing up, it's just hard. Like, I mean, everybody, you know, the, the country keep telling us, like, you know, shut up and dribble. <clears throat> so, like, you know, it, it's not just the beer industry. I mean, like, right. most industries in America are extremely white male dominated. I mean, because in America, white males are the typically the only people that are allowed to do anything adventurous. And, like, you know, they could be like, you know what, I'm going to do a fire festival. And motherfuckers be like, here's another check. Burn that shit. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas, like, we got to be like, yo, we're about to do some, we got all this and the other, be like, ah, I don't know, brother. But, you yeah. know, maybe come back to us after 25 years of success, and then maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll acknowledge you. Yeah, I mean, so like, the baseline is two. Don't let people tell you you need more than two years. But what I'll say 
is um so it's crazy. So right now where the scene is, in my opinion, is where a lot of industries are, right? We'll we'll consume, we'll pay, you'll see it. So like with Fresh Fest, you I, even I like with my friendship circle, like notice that yo, y'all really do enjoy beer. I didn't know y'all was into beer. So right. we've been able to identify you know, a demographic that really loves beer and really loves the atmosphere that breweries bring, but we don't have any entry into the industry itself, right? So outside of just owning, you know, a brewery, which would be dope, like, what if you just had a job, you know, supplying a brewery with tanks or some shit like that, like something where we could profit off of the industry, because the industry's profiting off of us, like they taking our slogans, our slang, our images and putting them on the cans and shit like that. Like we're present in every industry, right? Like we drive pop culture. So anything that's popular culture, we're present. You know what I'm saying? But it's about having impact on the actual business of the industry. So Fresh Fest is kind of pivoting in that direction, yeah. like letting people know that there's opportunity, you know, a multitude of opportunity. And the opportunity is not just to find a brewery that you like. Like we want you to do that. We definitely want you to find a brewery, find your local brewery, support your local brewery because they're supporting you know, local farmers, local uh, chefs and shit like that, just right. people who live in the community. But you know what I'm saying find your way into into you know the back back office. Find yourself into the supply chain. Like we need right. to be we need more supply chain yeah. employees really across process. all industries. how do you how do you how do you I guess you know you obviously you try to find those opportunities, but how do you how do you create them? How do you how whose responsibility how do you actually get the access to those kind of those those opportunities so that it is it is more equitable and I realize that I'm the you know I I am the the middle white. white guy right <laughs> like, I am the privileged man in this conversation so I, I mean I know who I am but how do we how does that how does that happen how do you create that kind of opportunity to provide it I've seen through through beer Twitter a lot lately the the word you make a bridge where you know somebody put up that money. So that a, a, a black brewer can get going. What are those things that we can do? What do you hope to? I guess how are you hoping to make some change with Fresh Fest? Well, I think um, one of the things that on a basic level is helping people to understand that this is an industry. It's more than just the beer that's in your glass or in the can. You know, understand that right now. As far as creating the opportunity, we can create the exposure. We can get people in front of folks. We can get breweries to collaborate with artists, to collaborate with people in, in hopes of hopefully them bringing them on board in some form or fashion. But it's going to take, you know, the the average white guy to be like, all right, I'm really opening my doors. I'm really opening to access. Right. And and, and I mean, it's on a it's on a multitude of levels. Like it's multiple levels. Right. You, you, you talk about finance, you talk about, you know, access to you know, real estate to do a brewery. I mean, it's just on multiple levels. You got to really open it up and, and make it so that you really want us to be there. Like you got to really want us to be there. And we have to create that demand. So we got to come kicking at the door, like, boom, we affecting the industry. You know, we, we're we buying the beer. We're driving the culture in, in a certain extent. Like you got to now want to have us on board because, you know, if you don't, <clears throat> if you're not reflective of who we are, then your product's not moving as, be- as as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's it takes time. It takes, it's going to take like 20 fresh fests. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take more and more different sort of, you know, we got the symposiums and shit that we do. Like it's going to take more than just a festival, but you got to keep pushing. I, I kind of like what you said though, about also attack those other areas, not just the brewers get into that supply chain. There are so many different pieces of the industry that are making money and a lot of money. Dude, if if, if yeah, during man. pandemic, if you're in the pandemic, 
if if you were a can maker, oh jeez, oh, good bro, God, you're killing! <laughs> you that's like going in a supermarket, right? That's now. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing. Like you know, um, that we're you know, like Ed was saying, that we're transitioning into, and I mean, not you know, like trying to put more emphasis. So the first thing yeah. was, hey, this is an industry you should be a part of. Um, you know, reaching out to brewers that are there because, you know, they are the centerpiece um, and saying, hey, let's look at folks that are, you know, some of these these legends in craft brewing. But like brewing, you know, is that is just one cog in a massive, massive fucking, you know, like engine. I mean, like it's a it's huge. So, you know, like I think, you know, with these collaborations, we've been able to say, hey, you know, what is it that you do? Like, I mean, I've sat in boardrooms at various you know bigger beer companies where it was full of people that didn't drink beer like you know they're sitting there and they're like sipping a little whatever while they're there whatever as soon as you get to the to the restaurant they order cocktails and whatever the fuck else because like man, they don't really they don't fuck with beer all like that but it pays their bills yeah you know i mean yeah. they don't brew beer but they know how to market beer they know how to, to design a label for beer they know how to you know like you know manage supply chains they know, you know what i mean like there's a bunch of different ways to make beer off of that. And I think that, you know, it's just, again, I think a, a large part of it and, and a large part of what Fresh Fest tries to do is awareness, right? So it's that conversation, starting that conversation. I think like, you know, um, just like, you know, I think, I, I think I, I, I'm waiting for the day that we get like a LeBron James to be like, you know, craft is cool. And then motherfuckers be like, right. it's cool to be crafty. Yeah, you know I mean, right. and then like motherfuckers get into it a bit more or whatever, but like, you know, it is gonna, it's, it's a matter of like kind of building up, you know, kind of doing the work, you know, making inroads in the various communities and showing the black community the value that's in it. Not just like, like, like Ed was saying, not just buying the beer, but like actually like what the value is in getting in the craft beer, because it is one of those industries that like, you know, I've, I've been a part of a lot of different like industries or whatever. This is one of the easiest kind of industries to kind of get into on the ground level because yeah. like it is like it is focused on local. Like it is it is it is it's like if you get too big, you can't call yourself local anymore. Right. You can't call yourself craft anymore. Right. You know what I mean, right. so like it's it by nature, it's meant to be small. So like it's a it's an industry in which you can go to somebody that's doing it. and You can have a conversation. I can't have a conversation with the head brewer of, of Budweiser. I don't know where that motherfucker lives. I don't even know if he even shows up. Is he a robot? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm going to say yes. He's a robot. You say yes. He's probably a robot. You know what I mean? But like, as a, but as a, but as a, but as a craft, in the craft beer industry, I can go talk to that motherfucker that's brewing Black is Beautiful right now. You know what I mean? I can talk right. to that motherfucker. I know where he lives. You know what I mean? And then, and then I can, we could have a conversation. I could come to apprentice or some shit like that. There's a home brew club that he, he came up in. I can go join that home brew club and I can learn how to brew beer. Or, you know what? I don't even like to brew beer because I personally, Dave Racy doesn't like to brew beer. But I'm a little bit funny and I know how to like put on some shows or whatever. So me and Ed be like, all right, cool. We in. And now we, you know, now we get a couple of checks off of craft beer because we went to them and was like, yo, we have a, a, a value. Um, that we can offer to this industry or whatever. So I think that that is what it is, is saying to the black folks and saying, hey, oh, you're an accountant? Have you ever thought about going to be an accountant? Like, I met a, an accountant that, like, of a firm, and all she does is account for the fucking brew industry. She makes good money. And, and like, two years ago, she wasn't in the, in the brew industry, and now she is. 
So like, you know, it's a, it's, it's huge. It's just a matter of that awareness and saying, Hey, is this an opportunity? As soon as we get that, as soon as we know, like once we get that, man, once black people figure this shit out, man, like the, yeah. the, 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 the industry go by, the industry going to be real funky, man. It's going to be real yeah. funky. You know, you know what it is though? We got to like, I think what's really cool about Fresh Fresh, we making, making craft cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I, it's like a real life Ciroc commercial. So you know, like with Ciroc, you got <laughs> Diddy and all the people and they having fun. Like now, if you was at Fresh Fresh, it was like a real ass Ciroc. It was just like me with the owner of this fucking product. We chilling, yeah. we vibing. There's dope people around. Everybody doing shit. You could get that with craft. Like they said, like you have access to these people. Like they're typically community driven. Yeah, you know I'm saying so you can go touch the person who owns the shit, and you can have like a real authentic time with good people, like it's good people around craft, you know, in the industry, supporting the industry or whatever. So we just try and get that message out. Well, yeah, I think all so, those things you just described, I mean, that's the long, that's the secret to the longevity of craft beer. I mean, I, I think that's why there are a lot of people say, well, that, that bubble's got to pop, right? That bubble's uh-huh. got to burst at some point, but it doesn't. But I think it's because it's because of all those things you just said that it's, it's a community feel. And even if you get too big, I mean, you will be shunned. <laughs> Yo, right. Right. This is why yeah. crab beer ain't going ain't going nowhere, so right? Like, well, and I think too that Fresh Fresh was a watershed moment for me, right? That was the most black people I'd seen that loved beer in one spot. Mm-hmm. So coming back to Kansas City, I'm like, motherfuckers always going to drink. But I told my brewer friends, I get our our home our home home brew clubs, Easy Hops. I've got in the last five years, I've had. Five dudes open breweries, right? And oh, I keep telling them, I'm like, y'all are missing money because we need to get to some of these people of color. They just don't know what it is yet. I got a guy mm-hmm. in, in Kansas City, right next to Boulevard, which is Boulevard's big boy. He's been open about a year, and his brewery's in the Latino neighborhood. I said, Do you have any Latino people to come in here? He's like, rarely. So there's there's a there's a there's a there's a, a um, there's something that needs to be done to let people know, hey, this shit's in your backyard and it's good. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of my thing. Did he, but did but did he hire any of those Latinos? No, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the and that's the problem. That's why no. he ain't got no Latinos in there because he came in and then brought all his white friends. He ain't go and say, yo. You want to you you want a job like right. he ain't yeah right. I mean and that's the thing like you know right. that's what time and time again that's why you know these breweries have been you know the the harbinger of fucking gentrification because they come in and they don't hire nobody from the fucking right. thing and I get it to the like right I get it at the beginning when you're like I ain't really got a lot of money to pay motherfuckers so I'm gonna get a couple friends that'll work for beer cool right. but at some point <laughs> you gotta hire somebody. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sick of that. that like, because, like, like you talk to a lot of these brewers, you talk to these up, and they, and they want to go. Oh, well, you know, you know how it is in the beginning. But like, fuck the beginning. You now, like, how many people you got on your payroll? How many of those motherfuckers were black? Because I know, I know, black people like jobs. I, like, I know that I'm a black person, and I like jobs. And everybody <laughs> that I know. Like I don't know too many people that like jobs. Well, I just like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are comedians. Jobs. I think you're trying not to have jobs, right? <laughs> I don't work a job. <laughs> we like we like the, the, the benefits of employment, man. I mean, especially especially a motherfucker that especially one that has the perks of beer and has the perks of being in my neighborhood. I ain't got to commute to this shit. Right. Word. I mean, and you didn't offer that to nobody. Well, that's your problem. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's what house is getting dark out. What is, what is Ed doing? He's like he's like going to the. Dark I think side. he's doing a neighborhood walk. 
<laughs> now I'm going in my I'm going in my crib. It's dark outside. But I thought y'all live in the same state. It's, it's, it's daylight. Nah, no, they live in a different state. They live out <laughs> in the country. He lives. <laughs> he lives with the gentrifiers. I live with the gentrified. <laughs> True. It's a little, a little, little northern up here. Hey, hey, let's talk. Let's talk fresh vets. How the hell did that come about? I'm I'm curious how you guys are like, hey, let's do a beer festival. Where did that come from? So we uh we, we hooked up. We hooked up with Mike Potter or whatever. Um and we saw, you know, like the national scene a bit more and was like, yo, how do we utilize what we've been doing and like who Mike Potter is? Uh black brew culture. So he um so we we I mean we we kind of like looked at the scene and was like, all right, how can we make some kind of difference? And you know, like you know, we have this this event background. I mean, as entertainers and planning and whatnot. And it's like, all right, well, you know, that's kind of the best way that you know, like, we can offer you know the help. So how do we how do you do that? And a lot of the, those hurdles can be can be uh, overcome through a, a festival, right? Representation, um, you know, access. Uh, you know, like people, people don't like you know, creating a safe space, right? Like, I, like driving into a white neighborhood can mean death for us. We've seen it time and time again. So, like, creating that safe space, creating a place where you could ask questions and not feel like an idiot because people are are good to, you know, the motherfuckers like being the only black motherfucker in a in a in a, in a all white place and having to ask questions about beer. Like, motherfuckers start to treat you different. You know what I mean, so like, you know, creating that and then you know, bringing in folks and 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 building those kind of relationships through the collabs and saying all right how do we how do we build that um you know that those relationships locally um with the brew industry and we you know through those collabs it's it's one saying to the brewers if you're going to be a part of the session it has to be something meaningful you can't just show up with a keg, a keg of beer you can't just send a rep and a keg of beer to the festival and be like i did something we need you to make a real investment and we also need you to listen to the black community um, because, you know, the black community would would be far more into this into the industry and in most industries if their voices were heard. So, you know, building those collabs and 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 then and then and then just building a place where we could celebrate black culture, like just like there's not a lot in Pittsburgh. You know I mean, there's not a lot of big festivals in Pittsburgh because it's an extremely white area. So there's not a lot of places in Pittsburgh where we get to just be unapologetically black and see nuances of black where you see the, the, the black nerds and the, the hoods and the bougie and like all the, you know I mean, you, all these different types of black folks out there, like, you know, and, and, and a festival is able to kind of encapsulate that. So while a festival is not going to solve the problem, we cannot just get shit face, have a good time and go home and forget about it. It, it at least can like start the conversation. So, you know, that's kind of how like, you know, we came together and was, and, and decided to, you know, to, to, to get a festival going. Yeah, it was it was like the the perfect uh, it was like the perfect storm with, with Mike because it was he needed something to solidify like he needed an event to solidify what he was doing with the with the online magazine and whatnot and and we were so we're doing all these comedy shows and we're having all of these breweries come and sponsor the shows but it's just like my friends is like who are these like I don't know nothing about it so I I almost kind of needed to put something together to be like yo this shit is real like this is a dope <laughs> thing to do. And, and, and frankly, like they said, like Pittsburgh needed something black and some outdoors, you know, you really can't, you don't really get a lot of outdoor shit out here. 
Um, you don't get a lot of festivals where, or any festivals where you just have a sea of, of like you said, nuance of blackness, you know what I mean? And collaborating and, and chilling and hanging out in a very diverse environment. Um, but also like getting people who are not familiar with an industry to partner with that industry and present that to their friends and have their friends be like, yo, this shit is dope. So I see myself in the product now. Like Wifey, um, she she collaborated with um, Bloom Brew and did the cookout. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was a brew that had elements of a cookout. You know what I'm saying? Barbecue or whatever. Like, that's like, that's that's dope. Like, we, we think about cookout. That's a big part of our culture and shit like that. So when you can add our culture and highlight our culture and things, it only enhances it. Is this something that can be repeated? I mean, can you can this happen in other area regions and, and communities? Uh-huh. Oh, you know, because you know, you guys aren't doing enough. Can you can you take this on the road? Yeah, I think we could take it on the road or whatever. I also and, and we will, but like we shouldn't be the only black beer festival in America. I mean, like it's it's the third year, we're still the only black beer festival in America, like you know, like, this is like, yeah, I mean, the purpose of the festival is to get more black people in beer in, in, in all of the different facets of beer, not just brewing. And that includes entertainment. That includes festival building. That includes every aspect. If we're the only ones doing it, then we're not, we're not making enough of an impact. You know I mean, like, you know, like, so, you know, I, I, like, yeah, the, the festival, like, there's black people all across the world. And we've gotten, you know, we've gotten emails and, and people hitting us up from all around the world who want something similar to this in their area or whatever. You know what I mean, like, and while we don't have any problem coming to their, to that area eventually, like, we can't be everywhere at all times. No. And we shouldn't be. And that's what I, like, we hope that, you know, it sounds counterproductive for, like, uh, uh, an event to be like, I hope somebody copies this shit. But, like, we actually hope somebody copies this shit like i I don't fear i don't fear somebody like stealing an idea or whatever like you know i mean steal the idea of bringing black people together for beer please (laughs) like now as far as the the various nuances and how it develops or whatever nobody can nobody can replicate what fresh us is gonna do you can only replicate what fresh us has done so if you're trying to steal our ideas you're you're trying to catch up you see what i'm saying yeah i mean you're playing catch up like, like I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about people not stepping up to the plate and saying, "Hey, if they're doing it, why can't I do it?" Because that's exactly what we did. <laughs> we did. We looked at some white folks and was like, "Well, that's what y'all call a beer festival." Wait till you see what we can do. Wait till you see what we got in store. So, but and it's hard to it's hard to replicate, so to speak, because you gotta you gotta have like. You gotta have a foot in the community for this to work. To work how it works here, you really gotta be plugged into the community, right? So like it would be it would be almost impossible for us to just go to Kansas and be like, all right, we just gonna do fresh fest and have the same feel. Yeah, you'll have black people who come, but you're not gonna have that same level of collaboration with the local breweries and you're not gonna have the right people collaborating with the right breweries to create the right product, to create the right osmosis of people coming through standing in the right spot, chilling with their friend, going across the lawn to go see their homegirl that's working with them and then catching somebody that they used to work with and all that. Like, it's a, like it's, it's, it's hard to verbalize, but it's like, you know, when you, when you really are plugged in with the community and you're really about 
empowering folks, right? Then this shit will happen. Like people will feel empowered and then they will signal people. So like when when we bring people on to collaborate, they're excited. They just as excited as us. They're like, yo, I'm about to do some cool shit. Like I never thought I was gonna have a beer. And if it goes well, they might sell this motherfucking beer. Like yeah. <laughs> I might get a couple of dollars. Like, yeah. And then so, one, one of my favorite parts of press press fest was was the symposiums. I mean, I walked into that into that I literally got off the plane, Ubered to the hotel with my bag, rolled up into that into that room in the hotel. I was like, oh shit, look at all these black people. <laughs> you know, but but the, but the, but then the craziest thing was, you know, that first one, they were, you know, they were talking about diversity and how we can make it more diverse. And that second one was the heavy hitters. These are all of the brothers that have, you know, opened breweries. So you want to open a brewery. That was that's information that you guys are right. That's not really out there for us to consume. And I was blown out. Dude, I, I get chilled every time I talk about presidents. That was the most unique, you know, you know, shout out to you guys. That shit was dope as fuck. Literally that day, the, 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 cause I, you know, I was VIP of course. That's what I like to do. You know what I'm saying? That's how you, that's how you roll. That's, that's how I roll. That's the only way not to I swear. I the only thing that, that, that I didn't bring enough beer because I was busy talking to folks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You brought and, too and, much beer. Yeah. It was, there was plenty of beer. I mean, it, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I was still good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that that's the that's the thing, right? Like, we like we built, we, so one, the VIP thing was a thing that, you know, like at Fresh Fest, because VIPs and, and old festivals just mean that you just got in there a little earlier. Right, like that's that's what a VIP was. Like, let me get a little earlier. I might get like a special shirt or some shit like that, and then I get to drink for another hour or so. That's what VIP used to be. And we were like, well, like, but like, you know how you know how VIP is for us. Like, VIP is like, oh, I'm you know, I get a section. I would get a bar. Like, it's VIP. Food. Yeah, and it's a whole other food. Like, it's it's a whole it's other thing. So that's what. So we like we built like a VIP. We 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 called it a VIP, and it was wild because we were like. We called it VIP and people didn't understand. They were like, so I just get there early and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a whole it's a three-day thing, bro. And 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 then and then actually limited it so that there was an actual limit on how many people could get the VIP. So right. it's like it was only the last, it was 150 people. That's it. It was 150 people the first year, it was 150 people the second year. Like, so it, it really is that VIP, you know, atmosphere or whatever. Um and then and then we put enough things in there. And that was the hope was that we built a festival that it wasn't just beer guys beering about beer beerly. Like, you know I mean, it was like, <laughs> yo, there's so many things to see and do and talk yeah. about that. Maybe you even forget that your class is empty. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, like yeah. that, that, that's when, you know, you oh, built a great beer festival <laughs> was when people aren't just like lining up, trying to get the highest ABV motherfucking thing so they can knock it off of untap. It's when they're going there to actually enjoy the festival, and then the beer is like, all right, I, 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 yeah, there is some beer, but let's go grab some beer because that's how every other event that isn't a beer festival is, right? Yeah, I mean, you're doing other shit, and then you're just letting the beer, you know, lubricate right. that. Well, you ought to count it as a victory if you had Nigel not drinking very much beer for an entire. Time. <laughs> I know, you guys, you guys need to count that as a big, big victory. Hey, hey I hey, want to make hey. sure that I, I, we, we take a little time because your virtual version of Fresh Fest is coming up this weekend. Um, and you guys have had to, yeah. like, ever, like everybody else, you had to pivot because of COVID, right? Because COVID. What's going on this Saturday? Shit, my ear. Uh -oh. what, the, with the virtual fest? Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Same vibes. Trying to create the same vibes. Uh, I mean, the pivot to virtual, uh, something that we had to discuss. Because Fresh Fest, I mean, the, the big thing about Fresh Fest, and Nigel can attest to, is the vibe, right? So how do you create that that same vibe, that same level of inclusiveness, that same level of variety? And it's by bringing multiple disciplines of art, multiple disciplines of, of profession to it, having people, you know, you got a speaker series, you got DJs, you got live art, uh, you have cooking, you know what I mean? You got all this shit, like all the stuff that, uh, all the things that are part of life, they're available, and you, and you get to choose your experience, right? So the thing about Fresh Fest, yeah, there's a there's a there's a uniform like experience of, of variety and diversity, right? But everybody's interactions are different. Like you'll talk to people who've gone to Fresh Fest and they were in their own little group and they did beer shares back at the hotel and all that. And the same thing with the virtual festival, like you get to choose what channel you tune into, when you tune into it, what events you want to. You know what I'm saying? Go to, to to choose your own experience. They'll give you the particulars of each and everything. But like, it's just about creating a vibe. It's all about the vibe around there, around the atmosphere, and around the people in the industry. Uh, how difficult was that to 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 pivot and make make it what it is, what it's, what it's going to be on Saturday? How difficult was that? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a pretty it's pretty. Uh, so I I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say what difficult is in in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, everything is difficult. Like, <laughs> but um, so I mean, like, you know, work hard. Digital is uh, one of our biggest sponsors. Um, we've been recording their base shout out to the team. Years. So you know, anybody that tells you that you know you can't be anything, um, just sitting around drinking in somebody's basement, they're wrong. Um, and you know, we when we were when we were bouncing around the idea, first and foremost, we had to go to work hard and say, "Hey, we're looking at doing something. Um, is this possible?" Because we didn't want to do a Zoom like a nine-hour Zoom call. We didn't want to do a handheld like you know phone fest. So we wanted to bring you know a level of, of quality that the brand is is known for. Um, so work hard digital allows us to do that. Allows us to live stream at a very high quality. And brings professionalism to it um, that we wouldn't, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to do on our own. So, you know, first and foremost, it was it was work hard. Uh, second, we had to go to breweries and go. All right, well, we want to do this thing. Is there any interest? I mean, it's still a beer festival, um, so bringing them together uh, was a thing. And I mean, it just seemed like a lot of people were just looking for something to kind of do, like like something to. <laughs> Not looking for something to do. Everybody's kind of saying, like, trying to stay afloat in the beer industry or whatever. But at the same time, like, Fresh Fest is a huge, like, like all of the beer festivals were gone. Like, I mean, like, like all of the, yeah, I mean, all the remote, all, all the marketing and the promotion and all the fanfare that comes with that, gone. And that's huge for the industry. Like, that's huge. So, you know, when we went to them, I was like, hey, we're looking at a way that we could do this virtually. Like, like this is what we need from y'all. You know, it was it was kind of like like how do we position it so that we're asking you to do something, but it's not gonna like tank you in this pandemic. And that's you know, it's a weird balancing act with that with the breweries, um, and then uh, you know, with the artists trying to figure out how do you plan something you know that's gonna that's gonna uh, have this live entertainment, but not not spread the, the, the spread the pandemic. Um, so there's you know, and then how do you how do you talk to the public and say Hey, we're gonna do this new thing. You've never heard of it before. You don't even know what the fuck is gonna be. But you should probably spend some money on it 
Like that's a it's a it's a weird thing. I mean, so there's a there's a lot of different hurdles and and and, and difficulties or whatever. But um, I mean, honestly, the fact that so we had the app uh, work hard again. Shout out to work hard and Academy Pittsburgh. But we had the app. The app, if you look at it, it has all of the information on it. It makes it make sense. Um, and the fact that we were able to get all that done, um, it's kind of like, I mean, was it hard? Like, yeah, it felt hard, but like, how hard was it? Um, when you got it done, when we were, when we were able to get it done in two months, two and a half months, uh, almost three months or whatever. And, um, we were able to get it done because we had so much support from the community. Like that Fresh Fest community was just like, when we called them, they, they knew that we, that like, when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do our best to fucking to do it. Um, and they had faith in us. So we, we, we called in a lot of goodwill and a lot of faith. Um, and, and a lot of people moved as a result of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, like, I think it was, I think it might've been hard to an extent, but I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with like, you know, gratitude, gratitude at the, the fact that it, it came together in a short period of time during the pandemic. Um, you know, did you guys like, did you guys know you were going to go digital like when you decided to cancel Fresh Fest as it was? I mean, did you know immediately we're going to try to shift over, or was that something that just kind of came about later on? Nah, and I and this is where I got to definitely uh, commend my brother Day. Like, you got to have somebody on your team that's that's willing to to take on the risk of, of doing something new, right? That's how Fresh Fest came about. Like, we could have just put a festival together and add brewery and get beer, but you know, that larger focus, that larger approach, that 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 longer term approach to what it could be. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that is day. So like when when it when we when we had to cancel and we had to call and he was like, yeah, the city probably not gonna let us do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause the COVID was see, cause we was kind of like we we drug it out. Like we were like, we, <laughs> we was having meetings like like the COVID wasn't booming. Like we was having meetings like, yeah, so we going. So we drug it out. And and even at one point, you know, we were like, all right, so let's let's look into ways to raise awareness, maybe raise some startup capital to, to do 2021. I mean, that was a discussion. But he was like, look, man, I, I think um I'm gonna talk to, you know, you know, shout out to Ryan and shout out to Buzzy over at Work Hard and all that. Like, so like, I'm gonna highlight them about something. And when they come back with uh with the possibility of doing it, it's like, all right, we're going to go with that. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't anything that we knew of. Like, I don't think the concept of a digital festival existed until it was like, all right, look, some shit just come from me sometime. You know what I mean? That's what soul food is. It's like, we we don't have but this shit to work with. Let's make something delicious. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's good for the soul. Like, that's what this is going to be. And I mean, I like you know, and 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 Ed's giving credit, but like it, it was the first one. So, so whenever the COVID shit happened, so we had our our last in person meeting, uh, like in March, and at the end of that meeting, we found out that the NBA was canceled, and Tom Hanks had to. Yeah, run. when the NBA got canceled, <laughs> my life changed, bro. We was in the we was in mid meeting, and like and Melanie, like you know what I mean, she like one of our one of our team and one of our board members, like was like. Oh shit, Tom Hanks got the road. And we were like, what? Tom Hanks? And then, yo, they canceled the NBA. And I'm like, oh, this shit might be serious. So, like, that's when, like, I would love to say it was the CDC or the WHO that made us think about that, but it was the NBA. Um, and yeah. I mean, that, was, that was when we sort of take it seriously. And, well, that was probably the like, weirdest one to watch, right? Because they were already on the court. 
And all of a sudden we're watching yeah. the TV and they're going over, hey, weird. guys, I just got this text. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this shit's like, over now. <laughs> right now. It was, it was, it was about like, I, I mean, I, I want to say maybe like two weeks after that, you know, we were still planning as if the fest was going to happen, but knowing that it like, you know, it was weird that it might and Ed actually was like, you know, we should start thinking about like a digital alternative. We should start thinking of some kind of like, you know, alternative to the festival. I mean, in case it doesn't happen, like, you know. And again, this is like late March, early April. When we're all still like, I don't know, man. Someone might just like, you know, make this shit go away. Like, heard, <laughs> you know, I heard you could like release some pigeons and that shit. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, like all kind of weird science was coming out. And, and this is back like, when uh, the heat was gonna kill it. This is back yeah, when the heat yeah, was gonna I mean, kill it. Right. <laughs> Summer's gonna make it fine. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, I mean, that's all good. That's all good. But we should maybe think about a plan B just in case. And like to be honest, I wasn't hearing it. I still was just like, man, no. So so all we gotta do is put a plastic or some shit. Like, yeah, I feel like I went, like, yeah, me. But it like uh, like I said, I mean, after after about another month. Then it was like, all right, maybe we're going to have to look at that, that plan B. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, so, you know, again, it's, a, it's, 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 never, it's never one person. Um, it's a community thing. And, you know, the, and I feel like Fresh Fest is one of those things where, you know, me, Ed, the board, like, any, like anybody that's, you know, kind of organized or whatever, we can drop off the face of the earth. The community would still keep it going. And I mean, like, there's a community, there's a very, especially here in Pittsburgh, there's a very strong community of people who want to see this happen. And there's a, there's a, there's a strong people in the industry. I mean, we're talking to y'all now from Kansas City. And I mean, like, that, that want to see this happen. And, and if, 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 for whatever reason, it didn't happen, something was going to happen somewhere. Somebody was going to pick up and say, yo, we need this. You know what I mean, like, so, and I'm always appreciative of the, the community. And, and how these things develop. Like I said, even even the, the very first idea of Fresh Fest, what it is now is completely different because of all of the community members that popped in and was like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Oh, I got this connect. I got that connect. I can do this. I can do that. And then it becomes something completely fucking different, man. So wait, we gotta we gotta take time because this this so when we first when we when the COVID first hit and I was talking today about the digital alternative. What really came from that were the Press Fest Mash, you know, the, and so that's where Nigel, the legend of Nigel, was born amongst the Press Fest. We gotta take time to talk about. <laughs> Yo, became, he became the third drinking partner on that first match. Like, <laughs> you know, he Nigel has a way was, of doing that. He can insert himself into anything. Yeah, Yo, it I was. Told, it was I told, he, he, I told wifey I was doing this tonight with Nigel. She was like, wait, the dude from the match? I'm like, all right. Nah, <laughs> can't be remembering his name and all that. Like, those are the sort of things that just happen when you like when you move in. It's like, we got to make a decision. We got to make it quick. But you got quality people around and you're attracting quality people as your audience. You know, like the mash. Shit, we can do that. We can do that forever. You know what I'm saying? But we can't just leave it at that. We gotta now make a situation for the for, for everyone to convene. So we had to we had to do the digital fest. Yeah. So you, so you heard it heard it here first. Fresh Fest Digi came from Nigel. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for Nigel, we might just be out here twiddling our thumbs, man. Just waiting. Yeah, we was hosting the mash, and Nigel took over. 
Truth, man. Came in, moderated. <laughs> this does not surprise me <laughs> at all. He Kept the conversation going. Like, <laughs> like, yo, who was that? Hold on, swipe through. Who was that? Bobby Joe. Who are you? What you drinking? <laughs> you got this Truth. dude on retainer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I kind of yeah. that, that was pretty dope. Well, yeah. you know the name of uh, of this podcast for Nigel that started because one of the one of the breweries actually came up with the hashtag because Nigel just had made yeah. himself the craft yeah. beer yeah. ambassador. I think I look like Obama and shit, so that you know. That. <laughs> you, got, you, you got you. I was I wasn't gonna say it. You got, you got presidential skin, pause. Ooh, be at that. Look at that! Like naked in a month, like yeah, you know I mean. Hey, hey, hey! You know my, you know my use. I'm gonna use that shit. Fucking <laughs> 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 mad employable. That's an employable chin. How employable, like? That is crazy. Now, I, you know, it's cool you guys are doing the digi, digi but I do. I was bringing a posse. I recruited so many people. They bought all the VIP tickets. I bought VIP tickets. And didn't know who I was bringing. I'm just, I'm buying all the tickets. <laughs> so for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. See, we set. Yeah. Set. We, will, we will see. Yeah. Tell people where they can, where, where they can, if they want to jump on the DigiFest this weekend, where they need to go. Tell them where they can find it, okay? Uh, FreshFest, FreshFest Digi, D-I-G-I-Fest.com, man. Um, FreshFest DigiFest.com. Uh, there's an app, man. I mean, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. We spend a lot of time, so an app is very expensive to build, um, and work hard build that shit for us uh, for the Lola, and uh, it's very a lot of a lot of hard work putting that information in there. Um, so please download that app, and it'll make sense. Please stop hitting us up with these dumbass questions. Where can I get the beer? There's a tab in the app that says how to get beer. Maybe <laughs> there's a schedule on the app. Where can I find black beer? There's a black brew directory nationwide in the on the motherfucking app. <laughs> so like yo, before you hit us up with the questions, just download that. You ain't even got to buy the app. It's free. So download that app, look at it, and if you like it, get some tickets, get some beer, hang out with us. But first and foremost, download that app. You get it at freshlandigifest.com. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, man. Man. yeah. Yeah, you, you got another mystery beer though. You got, oh, I you do. Got. I do. Let's reach Oh, we fun. got you got two mystery. So that was a uh, that, that oh, was shit. an IPA of some kind. Okay. No, it, I think it was. I think it's a Coles from City Barrel in Kansas City. It was really light, but it was. It, yeah. it had that I IPA. Light, you know what I mean? Wait for this next one. Uh-oh. So he he starts you off. So he onboards you. Yes. And By then, the way, okay. We're we're still drinking organic here, Sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. This is. Uh, here we go. Oh, so now, which one is this? One of the uh, Nigel collaborations? No, that's not from one of the ones I did. That's from Crane Brewing in Raytown, Missouri. That's just the base recipe. They didn't really fuck with it, but it's 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 uh, nice and chewy and chocolatey and coffee and, and you know you know that's you just said all of my favorite. The base recipe is pretty good. That's what uh, that's what Hitchhiker did. They did a base recipe, and if yeah. you do it well, it's fucking delicious, man. I mean, wait. How crazy, I got so crazy is that black is beautiful. I mean, when I met Marcus at Fresh Fest, obviously, right? I, <laughs> those I spent I probably spent more time with those dudes than I did anyplace else. And their beers were phenomenal. And he, we had him on a couple of episodes ago. And even he he was hoping I'll I'd maybe I can get 30 breweries to do it. <laughs> it's like, are we over 300 now? 
no, it's over a thousand breweries. Over a thousand. Holy. Yeah. 50, 50 states, like 20 countries. I thought he had said 300 when yeah. we had him on, but jeez. Yeah. I'm trying to write for all the ones from here, and I'm going to send them to him. I told him, I'm sending you all the shit you can't see. We're gonna we're gonna try we're gonna try to make a, a pack of all the ones from Kansas City and give it away. We'll have some kind of charity contest. That's dope. So can I ask y'all a question, Nigel? Yeah. Nigel, uh, who are you? Like, what 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 do you do? Because you, you got you got Black is Beautiful collaborations. You got all the stuff going on. Are you working <laughs> in the industry? Like, because yeah, you got yeah. that you got that face that we can't really place. Like where yeah. where you are, what you do. Very buried in a uh, buried and sorted past. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've, been a, I, I've been a beer guy from, like I said, I was I was drinking oil back in high school. Remember them shits? Mm-hmm. And, and I've always loved different shit besides Budweiser. And again, I mean, I've been I'm in a, in a homebrew club, but I've never homebrewed a beer. I've only brewed professionally because my my homeboys are like, you need to brew a beer. I know you got some fucking recipes. I'm like, you know, I got some recipes. Come on, son. So, <laughs> you know I got some recipes. Nigel's got everything. You see this chin? Of course I got recipes. You see this skin, bro? It's, it's glowing, man. It's 9.30. So, no, all my homeboys from the clubs, you know, they've opened breweries, and, you know, I just kind of, the first one I started working at, it was, it was my homeboy and his wife. I'm like, y'all need some help. I started working in there. You know what I'm saying? Then my other homeboy started his brewery down the road. So I'm, I'm working there. And then I just started working at the brewery next door to my house. So I'm trying to, my day job is like, I work for city government. My, Nigel is the man. I was, I was, man, I was about to say, you you sound like a bureaucratic type. Like, yeah, I mean, you wait like, you wait, you, you wait to like, it, like it's the, your, your speech and the whole that is like, yo, you got a real gig and this is just like the, yeah, so um, eventually, eventually I'm going to get out of my day job. I, it's, mm-hmm. I, my, I'm video productions. I do that anywhere, but this city government's like going to be boring. So my next career is going to be in beer. I don't know what it's going to be. I've had several people, and I had never really considered it, who have come to me and said, hey, um, you want to start a brewery? I'm like, well, I would do it, but not. I, look, I'm like you, Dave. I, I'm, I'm not going to be the brewer. <laughs> I can run some shit, make it fly, you know what I'm saying? But the brew, I like the brewing part, but I like the drinking part better. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> True. He was a renaissance man. I'm like, he a, he a renaissance man over here. He just in all <laughs> industries, but... That's the first thing they do when they see you do something positive with beer as a black dude. They're like, yo, you want to open a brewery? Like, fam, I don't have none of the capital. (laughs) It don't matter what you one tank. (laughs) It don't matter what you like as a black dude, man. Like, motherfuckers will be like, why don't you just do that? Like, just open that shit up. Like, you can have any kind of interest. I mean, you'll be like a movie book. They'd be like, why don't you just go? Open a movie studio. You be on all these movies. All they just make them. It's like Tyler Perry did it. Hey, Nick, what's the review of that beer, son? What's the review? This is fantastic, by the way. That might be one of my favorite stouts I've had in a long, long time. That's the proper answer as the only white dude on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
there was no other answer that was like, 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 I, like my role is to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was what are you gonna say? Like, I don't know about this black. It's, black, it's, black about. it's a little, it's a little flat. It's a, <laughs> it's a little harsh for me. <laughs> it's a bit aggressive. Very aggressive on the Very aggressive. <laughs> I feel I feel like you're just gonna riff off that for the next 20 minutes. Appreciate you guys coming on, man. We really do. This is an honor to get you guys on. You guys are fucking awesome. I got before before we jump. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page out of y'all show. Tell them where they can find you. Oh, they do the rundown. See, this is so we have specific. They taking a drink. No, we but but he does the rundown. Like that mm. is his, that's his thing. It's, it doesn't sound right if I do. We've had episodes where one of us isn't there and the other can't quite it's do rough. Like I, I do the intro, do he does the rundown. Like that's, yeah. it's, it's weird. I, I feel like yeah. you guys have a similar um, rapport that, that he and I do. We're like, like Nigel's just, let's just sit down and talk. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to have a rundown and a schedule or anything. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want structure. Come on, we're gonna do this segment. This segment. <laughs> True. Um, so if you're looking if you're for looking us, forward, you, you can find us on slash partner spot. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Google Play, and we're Googleable under Drinking Partners. And you can find us on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook at Partner Spot. You want you want listen to, you want to throw you want to throw Nick uh, the, the the secret question you always give people. Oh, what's your uh, what's I'm your leaving. favorite I'm potato, Nick? Oh, sweet potato. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. What's the form? Look, there's a there's a guy out of Austin, an art a oh, singer, shit. Shiny Ribs, and he has a song, and he says it's a love song for his favorite root vegetable, and it's called Sweet Potato. <laughs> but yeah, but so Google that. Any form, <laughs> any form of sweet potato is acceptable. So what like is it mash? I'm either gonna go. I'm either gonna go mashed, or I'm gonna go sweet potato fries. Sweet potato fries. Ooh, I like it. Look, nothing goes better with some barbecue pork than sweet potato fries. Yeah, that's fair. I'm mad at that. With the uh, with the uh, with the cinnamon with the cinnamon. Uh, oh man, that's like that's like turning it into dessert, man. You can't go wrong there. Nah, man. With a little paprika and cinnamon, you're good. Oh, yeah, they got like that bull, that sweet. Yeah, oh, that shit's fire. That's it. Yeah, you're Nigel. You're wrong. I'm just gonna let's just put that there. You're, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> that cinnamon butter, man. That, you, that like cinnamon, cinnamon butter butter's fire. Oh, yeah, that shit. Oh, I haven't added the Ooh. honey. By the way, that my my birthday's tomorrow. I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Happy pre. Happy honey pre. That's what y'all talking about. You're talking about yeah. honey on sweet potato. Yeah. No. What are I you don't doing? Know about the honey on the sweet potato. Guys, guys. No, 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 no. He's no, no, British. The honey, the honey is in the, uh, is this, it's this dip. And I don't know, the, like, but the dip that you put the sweet potato fries in is like oh, okay. and butter or some shit. Like, it's like I'm, a sweet, creamy, whip type shit that you dip the, I'm doing this tomorrow. the sweet potato fries in. He's going to find it. He's like, I'm about to find it. <laughs> Now you guys got to remember, Fine. Nigel's British, so his his tastes are all. Hey, don't let him know that shit. You from across the pond? That's where the diplomacy comes from. 
By the way, this is only the second episode we have where he hasn't yelled bloody hell at some point during. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I haven't drank enough actually. So, (laughs) hey guys, thank you so much for coming on. This is this is awesome. I think this is a this is a a big moment for us as we start. You guys are kind of you've set a model for what we want want our show to be like as we get this going. We're only twelve in, so yeah. Thank you guys. Subscribe to Drinking Party. You're doing it wrong. Just saying. Hey man, thank you guys for having us. Great show. Hey, keep it going, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna subscribe. This is fun. We yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Keep 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 doing it, man. That's the like, like that's the key to if people are like, how do I do a podcast? What do you think I can do? Keep doing it. That's it. That's <laughs> do a hundred of them and then, then take it from there. A little fun fact. So uh, next week's guest, uh um Oh, that's has, a good um, teaser. She she um is is one is probably the only female Black homebrew that I know. She just got a job at one of the big breweries in Can, one of the, the craft breweries in Kansas City as assistant. Yeah. Brewer. Literally yeah. the first black person ever in a brewery brewing in Kansas City. It's fucking history. That's his history. We ain't got none. We ain't got none here. No black brewers yeah. in Pittsburgh yet, man. So that's huge. That's so, huge. you know, we at least got a couple. We got a couple of females. We got a female owned brewery. And then we've got a, 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 another brewery that the head brewer is female. So at least, and she's part owner too. Yeah, she's part owner too. Yeah, so it's yeah. But that, that, she told me that shit today. I got goosebumps. I was like, oh shit, that's fucking huge. You know, yeah, was, yeah. You know, I work at three breweries, and she's one. There's there's two other people of color that actually even bartend at these breweries. That's it. It's crazy. No, that's that's amazing, man. I definitely want to. Yeah, when y'all put that yeah. out, I want to hear her story. Yeah, for sure. True. I definitely want to hear our shit. We need to follow up on that. You know what I mean? like, well, we got to keep getting contact. Well, we got to put her in the top. Well, you, don't, you can't steal her first, man. I, let, let the little guys have her first. We want that guest first. They done scooped us. We dropping Nigel's name. Like, you know, you know, we. Yeah. You know, you know, the third you know, you know, <laughs> you know Nigel. He said, he, you know, he said you was, he said we was cool, right? He said, dude with the presidential skin, dude, presidential skin. <laughs> Kansas Obama, you know him. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next show. Peace. Yes, sir. See you on the next You have been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network, and it's available on your favorite podcast apps. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Beers with Nigel.